This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Welcome to the program. It's Pat and Stu, along with Jeffy, uh, a valuable member of the team. Jeffy? Okay, maybe I was wrong. 888-727-BECK is our phone number. You feeling all right? No, well, you just didn't. I was asking, looking for you to add something to the conversation. You didn't chime in, so I reversed my position. Stunning surprise, by the way, that he didn't add anything. (laughs) He's just filling what I think is his wiener. I don't know what's going on down there. All I can see is Jeffy with his hand. Yes! We've been asking for that for years. No, I mean, stuff so you can see what I'm doing. Oh, no, definitely not. Uh, so, uh, interesting. Uh, st- we didn't even talk about half these stories today, and thank God. I, I mean, I, I got to say, um, I saw this story last night. Um, it was about Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren, which, number one, is going to turn me off and, and say I don't want to talk about it. Uh, number two, it was um, some procedural matter in the Senate, which really made me want to turn it off. But let me give you at least a little nugget of, of, of contrarianism, I guess, that you're going to get on talk radio for the rest of the day. Uh, and I'm sure uh, news uh, sources as well uh, on the conservative side of the dial. Uh, I, think, I think Elizabeth Warren's actually right here. I actually think she's the one that's correct here. Here's the situation. Elizabeth Warren prohibited Tuesday night, last night, from speaking on the Senate floor for the rest of the debate over Senator Jeff Sessions' nomination to be attorney general. Drama began when Warren, quoting a 30-year-old letter by a civil rights leader, Coretta Scott Scott King, referred to Sessions as a disgrace. King's letter was written in 1986 when Sessions was nominated to the federal bench but was never confirmed. King, the widow of Martin Luther King Jr., of course, also wrote that when acting as federal prosecutor, Sessions used his power to, quote, chill the free exercise of the vote by black citizens. Warren's reference drew the ire of Mitch McConnell, who said Warren had impugned the motives of our colleague from Alabama. Now, uh, the, the rule goes, this is uh, Rule 19 of the Senate, which was talked about. If you, if you heard Rule 19, this is what it actually says. No senator in debate shall directly or indirectly by any form of words impute another senator or to other senators any conduct or motive unworthy of uh, or unbecoming a senator. 
First of all, that rule is insanely dumb. Senators can't say that other senators are doing bad things because if you're a senator, you're immune from criticism? Screw you. I, that is the dumbest rule I've ever heard in my life. That's what they're These guys are all Cruz in the club. About, right? Yeah, exactly. They were all. It's, that's the dumbest thing. I, and I backed it with Cruz, yeah. and I'll back it here. You should be able to say about another senator that they suck. You should be able to say that they lied. You should be able to say that they're insane or communists or fascists or whatever you want. We live in a country where the, we have a First Amendment that protects speech like this. Um, and especially in this context, and those, it was basically built to protect political speech. And all those senators can go on that damn Senate floor and impugn anyone else they want yep. in the country. But don't say something bad about another esteemed colleague Th- from another state. Thank you very much. And, and this is another thing that they said that all the analysis have said from all the smart people inside Washington. You know what? They might go after Betsy DeVos. They're not going to stop Sessions. But you know why? Because he's another senator. Yep, he's one of them. He's in their freaking club. And yeah, they'll get the vote. They'll get enough votes to make it look close. All the Democrats will do it. But you'll not get anyone on the other side to switch. And if it became close, they wouldn't wind up doing it because they don't do this to other senators. That sucks. Just foundationally for your country blows. It's a terrible precedent and it shouldn't exist. Am I disagreeing with any of this, Pat? No. Thank you. Rule 19 should go down and Pat agrees. So therefore, it shall go down. Okay, that's number one. Number two, if the rule does exist, uh, which it uh, it sadly does and should be, you know, you know, the right person to get this rule gone is Donald Trump. Donald Trump should stand up and take a stand and say, you know what? Screw this, this, this ridiculous rule. I'm going to go on Twitter. I'm going to tweet crap about everybody I don't like. And they should be able to say everybody that everything that they don't like. That is a drain the swamp issue. Very clearly, they can't say things that impute others' character. Screw off. That's, that's exactly what they should be doing when the other person's character sucks. They should be saying it. They should be honest. They're representing the people, and they should be honest in doing so. But let's say the rule does exist. Elizabeth Warren comes in there, and she reads a letter written in 1986 by Martin Luther King's wife. She isn't adding commentary to it. She's just reading it in the letter they say Coretta Scott King says bad things about Jeff Sessions, and they stop her from reading it. Get us. I mean, can we have any backbone here? Can your skin be any thinner? You know what? So what? My guess is Coretta Scott King was completely wrong. I don't think mm-hmm. that Jeff Sessions was this guy. I don't think there's any real evidence that suggests he, he was this racist guy that Democrats want to say. But you know what? So what? She's reading a letter. You know what would have happened if you just let her do it? Everyone would have ignored it and no one would have even known it occurred. So Republicans get all pissy about this guy being criticized in a letter by someone else, which was in the, uh, the Senate record, by the way, this letter from long ago. The fact that she's reading it 31 years later is a reason to stop her. And then, by the way, it's done nothing but help Elizabeth Warren who then went to Facebook Live and had millions of views of her finishing the letter, and it's raked in millions of dollars in donations. It's a stupid way to handle it. It's a stupid rule in the first place. Uh, And I don't mean to impute the character of senators, but the rule sucks and it should be removed immediately. It's really House of Lords kind of stuff. Right. It's un-American. Yeah. It's un-American. It is. And, and, you know, you go to the British system, Pat. We've seen this how many times. These guys are out there. They're screaming at yeah. the guy talking. They don't even do this they don't even in, do the that in, in the House of Lords anymore. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, it's it's. But that's so the kind of stuff you can't. I'm I'm a lord. You can, you can't say anything like that you? about me. How dare you? I have a better class, I, and, and therefore what, do not deserve this. That's what this kind of rule is all about, um, and it's it's nonsense. And we've 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 heard this kind of rumbling before from the Senate with. Ted Cruz, yeah. and it's it's insanity. It's wrong then, and it's wrong it's now, insanity. even though it's Elizabeth Warren doing it. Yeah. And I, I don't know if there's anybody out there anymore who gives a crap about they points like that, um, because I would much rather have somebody who says that it was right, it was wrong for Cruz and it's wrong for Warren, because I guarantee every Democrat today is saying how, uh, how absolutely uh, horrible it was for Elizabeth Warren to be treated like this, but there was no backing for Ted Cruz in those times. And the same thing, a lot of the people who's, who backed Cruz in those times are now saying, how dare Elizabeth Warren violate this sacred rule? It's bullcrap on both sides, and that, that should be called out, I think. I think we live in a country where that should still be called out. I, I mean, listen to, the, listen to the wording of Rule 19 again. No senator in debate shall, indirectly or directly, by any form of words, impute to another senator or to another senators or to other senators. Any conduct or motive unworthy of becoming a senator. What? Think about that. What? That's that's basically inoculating that's you. That's unbelievable. It makes you completely inoculated from any criticism in yeah. this in in, in, in at least by most, another senator. By another senator in debate. But I mean that's when the most important things they do occur. Now, Senator Harry Reid can stand up on the Senate floor. Mm-hmm and accuse two private citizens of being responsible for climate change, mm-hmm. of being evil, of trying to subvert the country, of all kinds of... Of saying former governors that are running for president haven't paid yeah, the taxes. In 10 years. Yeah. All of those things. He can lie through his buttocks if he wants to. Mm-hmm. And he did and does. And, well, at least until he was gone, um, he, he did... Uh, on a regular basis. I mean, every day that freaking guy stood up and started railing against the Koch brothers. Uh, two people, because they contribute to political things they believe in, uh, and, and he had to put up with that. But Harry Reid, on the other hand, doesn't have to put up with anything from anybody in that body. It's, pr- it's pretty unbelievable. It really is. It. And, you know, I, I, know I know a lot of people hold these rules to be so sacred. I mean, come no. on. That's ridiculous. It's, it's absurd. That's ridiculous. You know, I mean, obviously, like there is a uh, the, the same line, the same lines that 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 hand, that handle normal speech among normal people should apply there. You know, obviously, like you know, for example, if we were to call Jeffy um, a uh, upstanding citizen, that would be a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone might come to us and say, "Hey, that I'm suing you for lying on television." about Jeffy and him being an upstanding citizen. And I would say I understand that. That's why I don't say it. I just try to say the truth, Um, Mm -hmm. especially if it was a willing lie. You know, like you knew the truth. You know the truth about Jeffy and you were to say he's a good guy. Like that would be wrong. Um, The same way that if you came out and you said, uh, you know, uh, uh, Senator, uh, you know, Senator Cornyn is a child molester, um, well, then, you know, obviously you're saying something you know to be untrue, or at least you have no reason to believe it's true, and you should be uh, hammered for that. And, and, but there's, but those, those, those uh, cures already exist in our society. You know, you start saying stuff that's blatantly untrue, repeat it uh, many, many times, um, and, uh, and say it with a motivation to try to hurt someone even though you know it's not true. There are, mo- there are remedies to that. Um, you know, I, I, you know, obviously. I can think of one. 
What? No, I was just thinking of remedies. Go yeah. on, Stu. I'm Thank sorry. you for proving my point. Um, so, <laughs> but I mean, you know, th- th- that already exists in our society. You don't need a special rule so that senators are nice to each other. How about this? Just be nice and be, be a normal freaking human being. Be a person who actually respects others. Be someone who stands up and says, you know what, I, and I'm not going to uh, treat you like crap unless, you know, there's real reason to. Real reason. Thank you. Real reason to. Yes, there are exceptions to every rule. But except, this rule in the Senate is stupid. It should be gone. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I, I, I can't. I, these, it's, it's this privileged nonsense that gets you Trump, right? Mm-hmm. They're so sick of hearing, oh, well, you're not allowed to say something bad. But let, uh, as Harry Reid will come in and just trash private citizens and ruin their lives from the Senate floor. But obviously you can't say something bad about another senator. It's that nonsensical crap that gets you somebody like Donald Trump. Uh, which, you know, again, there's good parts about that and bad parts about that. But this is the, you know, uh, this is the, the pushback. Yeah. Yep. Uh, meanwhile... Uh, Vice President uh, Mike Pence had to cast a tie-breaking vote on uh, Betsy DeVos yesterday as Education Secretary. Um, they tied, was it 48-all? Is that what it was? 48-all or 50? 50-50. 50-50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everyone so up, uh, everybody was there for a vote. <laughs> wow. That's unbelievable. Incredible. So anyway, they tied, they tied 50-50. Now, that shouldn't happen because you would think, all right, just vote right down party lines. But two Republicans sided with Democrats, uh, and they were, of course, Lisa Murkowski from Alaska, who sucks, and Susan Collins, who sucks even more. Both of them suck. Really mm-hmm. bad, really bad. But Now, they, you're not saying that on the Senate floor during debate, are you? No, I'm not. Okay, no, no, then, no. It's, then it's allowed. No, okay. Then it's Thank allowed. Uh, they voted against her because they, they stated before she's not qualified because she didn't go to private or public school, and neither do her kids. So her, she didn't go to, private, to a public school. She went to private, apparently. And her kids apparently go to private school, so she's not qualified to head up public education. You mean she went to schools that work, so she's not yeah. qualified yeah, so to, she's to not talk qualified. about to make schools work. I mean, that's interesting. That's an interesting point of view, but that's why they sided with the Democrats, supposedly. I, I honestly think the real reason mm-hmm. why is because she was the only one out of this entire batch of people that Trump has nominated who didn't do a particularly good job in her hearing. She was she stumbled a lot. She had kind of answers. She had a couple moments where it didn't seem like she knew what she was talking about. She had a couple of awkward moments. Yeah, I don't like and, her. And again, like, yeah, she's not she would not be my pick by any no, means. She's not great. Um, she was Jeb Bush's pick. So, I mean, all, for all the people who were so excited about Trump shaking up and draining the swamp. I mean, Jeb Bush loves Betsy DeVos. She's much better than uh, an Obama appointee. Um, she does. Uh, like uh, some aspects, uh, you know, of uh, of uh, Republican policy that we would agree with Jeb Bush on, right? She, like things like school yeah. choice and um, and, and homeschooling in some ways. But I mean, she Although also she was a Common Core. She, person. she liked Common Core. Now she, liked, she says she doesn't, right. but she did. Right. And uh, so again, you know, uh, not ideal. Uh, she's not ideal and would not be the person that I would pick for this role. Mm-hmm. That being said, the only reason, the, in reality. Uh, Republicans switched on her, and Democrats are so pissed off about her in particular is they've got the best footage on her. Yeah, They've got the most easily uh, uh, communicated uh, by video and short clips message that she's incompetent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I'm sure she's not. She, You know, there's no reason to say she's incompetent. She just, I don't think she's right on all the policy. But 
you know, they did. They wanted to pick someone to oppose really hard and try to try to knock down one of his appointees. And it does not look like they're going to, you know, at least at this point, it doesn't look like doesn't they're going to get like, any of them. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, you know, they're not going to get Sessions for sure. Um, you know, uh, it doesn't seem like they're going to get any of them. They didn't get Tillerson. Uh, obviously, I mean, Gorsuch is going to be a big one. It's obviously a separate uh, situation, a but I don't yeah. think they're going to get Gorsuch either. I think Gorsuch is going to go, and I think it's po- very possible you might not even need the nuclear option with Gorsuch because they're thinking they should oppose whoever the next person is even harder. So they want to get the precedent set that it's still 60 votes. Um, so they might mm. even give him Gorsuch on this, which would be great. Um, and then you go you go further than that. I mean, really, we haven't seen any legit. I mean, there's you been- thought you would have thought uh, that of all the nominees so far, Tillerson would have had the toughest the toughest road uh, because you know Exxon Mobil and all that stuff. That's pretty easy to demonize, and they couldn't even they couldn't stop that. So um, yeah. I I think it's clear sailing for virtually all of the nominees, virtually all of them. And yeah. like you said, Gorsuch might be. A tougher road, but we'll see. That that even looks pretty good at this point. But uh, as for the DeVos uh, confirmation, a tweet came from Ashley Johnson. Who, who is, so is? Do we know who Ashley She's Johnson just, is? This is just one just example. This one was highlighted specifically by uh, David Harsani at The Federalist, but it's okay. a great window mm-hmm. into the thinking. And some of the stuff that Glenn talks about, I think, honestly, um, where he says, hey, instead of just bashing the left, uh, realize that they're now vulnerable to your opinions. I mean, that's not the way Glenn would put it. He would put it much more Gandhi-esque. But, I mean, look at this Look at this from some crazy liberal who hates Bess- Betsy DeVos more than, uh, you know, uh, poison. This is, a- I don't know what her name is, Ashley Johnson. Um, now that DeVos is in, this would be the time for you to look- begin looking at alternative me- methods of education, online, homeschooling, etc. She goes on to say that people... That's unbelievable. I mean, it, because all of a sudden, <laughs> these things are valuable. Yeah. Now, when Barack Everybody Obama was a kook. Was in, yeah. You were a kook yeah. if you were a homeschooler. To these people before. Yeah. And here's the opposite <laughs> side of this. And this is interesting to see that it's not really about these ideas. It uh-huh. is about the personality. Right. You know, we can all agree. We should be able to all agree that if the government is too big, it can control things about your life that you don't like. You might be able to want you want to choose the way your family is educated. You should be able to do that. That it, the problem is progressives largely. Um, and, you know, this, they come on both sides, as Glenn has pointed out. But l- progressives largely um, are the ones saying, well, you know what? I, my way's right. Your way's wrong. So, therefore, I should be able to tell you how you're going to be educated. I should be able to tell you how you're going to get your health care. I should be able to tell you all these things about your life that I should be able to control. And, and so we oppose those things when it's Barack Obama. Um, and we also oppose them now. And now we are both the left and the at least the conservative right, because I, I think that the, the Trump, the, the hardcore Trump people are, are, are a different animal on this side, I think, in that like they don't I, I think they like their guy having that power. Um, so I don't know that you're going to be able to reach all of those people. But the traditional sort of conservative says, wait a minute, here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity to say, wait a minute, let's lock these things in. You want to limit government power? You want to limit executive branch power? Now is the time to do it. You can take powers away from the evil Donald Trump, um, and what you be, you'll be able to do is lock those things in for some period of time, hopefully a lengthy period of time. Can I rip the knob off? I can lock it in. Oh, yeah. And, yes. Can I rip the knob off? Well, I mean, it's, I, you're going to damage your property. Uh, so I would say, but it's worth it, right? Well, no, I mean, I, I, not, not in the radio situation. Oh. I, I've never right. understood that. If you rip the knob off, 
I mean, you know, then you, you can't turn, you can't turn change it the volume. Right, but if it's locked in, then I'm fine right there. No, not maybe it's too loud. Maybe you get a phone call. <laughs> you know, these things all agreed before. That's the wrong knob. Oh, okay. Oh, is there, oh. No, because you're going to lock it in. I miss those days. Yeah. Lock it in and rip, rip the, the knob, knob off. So you're always on that station being the guy. Yes. Because I know also they tell yes. you to, ja to jack it up, jack up the volume. Yeah. And if you're doing yeah. that, then you're going to need the volume to let the knob to stay. The knob for volume yeah. needs to stay. Just the station will Just the station knob, yeah. yeah. That's important to know. Somehow you just rip the... The, the one station knob tuning knob. Yeah. Now, off. some of the knobs, unfortunately, came really close together. Yeah, and, they or sometimes were part of the same <laughs> knob, and then you're really screwed. Um, but here's, a, here's an example of this. And this, this one's yeah. probably too far-reaching to actually work. But Thomas Massey is a guy we like. Um, he, a good congressman, uh, mm -hmm. really smart, Tea Party guy, real conservative, um, and right on almost everything. He is introducing a bill right now to eliminate the Department of Education. You don't like Betsy DeVos? Good, Good idea. We agree with you. She shouldn't have all that power. Let's just get rid of the thing. Now, this is something that used to be uh, something that every conservative believed in. Mm -hmm. Ronald Reagan obviously famously argued for this passionately and was never able to fully get it done. Uh, he says in here he thinks that if it passed, Trump would sign it. Now, I don't know about that. Um, I, I would love it, uh, but I don't know about it. Um, it would be interesting to see that the bill basically says that un, uh, unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. should not be in charge of our chil children's intellectual and moral development. Um, states and local communities are best positioned to shape curricula that meet the needs of their students. Schools should be accountable. Parents have the right to choose the most appropriate educational opportunity for their children, including homeschool, public school or private school. And that's the thing. Which would be great here is if you're some if you're that lady that we just saw tweeting who probably wants to create a homeschooling program that teaches communism, right? They can do that. Mm -hmm. Everyone can do what they think is right and send their children to the place in which they think is is right. Um, you know that is. I mean, everyone talks about private school. Well, yo, you're so rich, you took your kid to private school. We can't have Betsy DeVos. She just went to private school because she's just this rich person, and she just got to she got spoiled with these unbelievable private schools. Of course, she she's got to complain about public schools, and anyway, she shouldn't have that role. Wouldn't it be great if we all got to choose private schools, right? Like, the point isn't to ruin Betsy DeVos's kids' education so you can all have an equal one. It's that we hopefully give everyone the opportunity to go to schools like that. Schools that are achieving at high levels. And, you know, if you were able to keep your tax money every year that you dump into the school system, uh, unless you're a renter, Jeffy. Jeffy and I would, uh, would like that sentiment. Uh, if you happen to be a renter, you might get out of some of this. But if you're a homeowner, you're paying. And Pat is a great example of this, who spent his entire life owning homes, dumping money into the tax system, and not sending their kids, kids to the schools. <laughs> yes. It's, it's insanity. It is. It really is. I mean, you're punishing people who are choosing to educate their kids the way that they want to educate them, which is like your fundamental responsibility as a parent. Right. And not only that. It's so bad that I pay these outrageous, and they are here especially, they're outrageous property taxes uh, to pay for these schools. And then I can't even, if I want to, utilize the schools for extracurricular activities. I can't do that. I pay all of these taxes, all of this money every single year. And, and you can't I, put your kid on the football team. I can't example. even put the kid on, yeah, on the football team or you can't play baseball or whatever. They, they won't let you do it. It's like, what? I'm paying taxes to you. What do you mean I can't do it? I don't even know how they get away with it, frankly. 
It's unbelievable. I, it is one of those it's things. Unbelievable. That they get, how do they get away with that? I don't know. You I don't know, like, but it pisses me off. And then the homeschooler people will say, "No, you don't want to do that because that gives them power. You don't. You want to be able to do that because as soon as you use the school system, no, that's not true. No, I'm paying for these services. Right. I'm paying for them already, so I should be able to utilize that aspect." And leave everything else alone. I, saw, I heard Jeffy have the exact same conversation with with a young woman outside the parking lot the other day, and it was <laughs> really? uh, it was a, I don't know really? if it was the same topic, it's but it was weird. really passionate. Was that about school? He said, "I'm paying for the service, mm. and I need to be able to u- forget it." Uh, it was it was interesting though. Mm. Mm. Anyway, right. we support the Massey bill. I would, I yeah. would say that's oh, yeah. safe. That'd be great. Uh, safe to say, would love to see it. It probably won't happen, but there might be something in this realm, maybe not as far-reaching. Where you could say, you know what, liberals, we agree with you. Betsy DeVos should not have all this power. Let's strip some of it away from her. Yeah. Now, hopefully, Betsy DeVos would say, uh, yeah, do that. Maybe she is the person that you know a I lot of people on the right think it, she is. But maybe. Uh, but whatever. The point is, take power away from these federal agencies. Mm-hmm. Do everything you can to do it. Um, and if if that happens, we're going to be in a society that's run cl- more closely to federalism, and that's what we were supposed to have here. So exactly right. hopefully that's on the way. Plus, you can get a system that's more closely uh, related to your values uh, Ah. with your current phone carrier. Because what's happening right now, and you don't even know it probably, is that you pay your monthly bill. And then your phone carrier uses a portion of the monthly bill you just paid to donate to causes they believe in, like Planned Parenthood or liberal uh, politicians. And they spend millions of dollars to do these things every year. I mean, they're about to spend multiple millions of dollars, all these organizations, to try to stop the nomination of Neil Gorsuch mm-hmm. um, and, and the confirmation of Neil Gorsuch. Um, you're paying your phone bill. You're calling people. You might even be calling people saying, hey, isn't Neil Gorsuch great? And then the, the money you're spending on that phone call might be going to stop Neil Gorsuch. It makes no sense. Yeah, pretty amazing. That's why you have Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide talk and text with high-speed 4G LTE data and you know the prices you need, along with... of your monthly bill goes to a conservative organization of your choice. You can pick it. If you think education is the big important thing, you can find an education organization. You want to stop uh, something about the environment. You want to have something uh, where it's uh, arguing for more economic freedom. Whatever you want, you pick the charity that you want the money to go to, and you control it. This takes one of those things off of your plate. You know, because you hear about this kind of stuff, and you think, I don't want that to happen. But I don't want to suffer with with my phone service either. And this way, you don't have to. Patriot Mobile takes care of all of that. Great service, and they donate to conservative causes. Plus, they'll also buy out your current uh, contract, up to 500 bucks per line, and then they'll throw in a free iPhone or, uh, you know, and that includes the unlimited talk, text, and data plans or the Galaxy uh, S5. Yeah. Either uh, one of those. Call now. Uh, Patriot Mobile will waive your $35 activation fee. Uh, this is the promo code you need to use, though, to get that is Pat and Stu. So what we're saying is it doesn't cost you anything to take advantage of a really great deal and a really great company and then have a company that also uh, shares your values. Patriot Mobile. So go to PatriotMobile.com slash blaze or call one 800 a Patriot. 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Up and down. A big debate last night. 
uh, we've been kind of looking forward to it, and then I, I forgot it was on. It was was it on CNN? You were looking forward to yeah. it that much. I was looking forward to it that much, and then I forgot it was on. I was actually looking forward to it. I was. Um, I uh, had Did you other, watch? I had other crap going on. Though. Oh, okay. I was not able to watch. Did you it remember? Would you have? I, well, I was, was there. I was just unfortunately working on other things, so I was not yeah. able to actually watch. Because I knew if I turned it on, I would just be paying attention to that, and I would not get my work done. So yeah. I, can't, I can't. There's certain things I can do. Like I could throw a, um, you know, if there's a, a college basketball game on that I don't care about, I could throw that out of the background. You know what I mean? Like that's, uh, there are TV things that I can put on. I can put music on, and I can work through it. But if I put something on like a political debate like that, I, I would not be able to focus. Yeah. Or if you put on something like... Uh, um, you know, a World War II documentary um, that I'm totally screwed. Then you like, wouldn't be able to focus I, th- There's no work that gets done at all. If you yeah. put Valkyrie on TV, then there's absolutely <laughs> no chance. I mean, I just automatically will watch it until the end. It's just auto-watch. But again, you haven't watched, uh, you, n- nobody in the room watched uh, Legacy 24, 24 Legacy. No, not yet. I caught, uh, not yet. I caught some I of it. I think I DVR'd it. Yeah, I did, did, I did get some of it while Did it you on, like it at all? Yeah, or? It was no? Like, I mean, I, I kind of like the guy. I... I was a little bothered by the fact that Kiefer Sutherland isn't in this. He's executive producing, I think, but he's not in it, you know, so you don't have Jack Bauer. I'm like, well, without Jack Bauer, come on, that's what 24 is all about. But this kid's pretty good. I like him. And they're probably like saving $12 million a year, right? Probably I mean, are. I mean, yes. You know, so. Yeah, they probably are. And it's compelling. I mean, it's 24. They're, they do a good job of making uh, really compelling uh, television. They, it's like a. Just like it was the first time around, it's a movie every week. It's movie quality every week. Um, so I, I don't know how they keep that qu- kind of quality going. Uh, it's got to be so expensive. But if you're saving money on the uh, side with Kiefer, maybe you can make it happen. I yeah. think that's what, what happens with – it's a weird thing, and this happens with um, uh, in our business as well, uh, radio and, and certainly television. Um, the As the series goes on – as year after year after year passes, and this happens all the time, even in local radio, um, obviously the successful radio host makes more money. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think you're misunderstanding what successful means. If what you're does that happen, by the way? <laughs> no, again, I said successful. Um, so a successful host would make more money, right? The morning show host in your town. They start off and they're making you know, some money, and then they get big in the ratings, and they make more and more money, and then they make more and more money, and then they start adding perks, and they start getting more producers and a bigger staff. And they make more and more money. And then in year 10, right, uh, well, maybe it's not, you're not the hot new thing anymore. And there's a new guy in town. And maybe he picks away a little bit at your, at your ratings. And your ratings go down a little bit or whatever. Um, and then uh, the company, especially if like a new executive comes in, they look at it and they say, okay, well, we're getting decent ratings out of this person. But not unbelievable anymore. And his cost is so high, we're not making enough money. So let's just blow him out and bring in a new guy, and we could save all that money, and we'll get the same ratings. Now, of course, that never works, but on television, with television shows, it does. You can understand with Kiefer Sutherland, like they go through mm-hmm. by season eight, the ratings were way down from the beginning. And another, you want another really good example of this uh, is uh, Donald Trump. Donald yeah. Trump, they, they, he had huge ratings for the first two seasons of that show. And they paid him like he had huge ratings for the like, in the, like he had in the first two seasons for all of the seasons. So by season 12, when he was getting very few people watching the show, they were still paying him a fortune, and the show made no sense anymore. Um, now they go to Arnold Schwarzenegger, who they're paying considerably less money than they did Donald Trump, and he's putting up the same numbers, basically, as Donald Trump did at the end. Oh, is he really? Oh, yeah. Trump oh, keeps yeah. complaining about these ratings. Good. Look at the chart of it. You know, it's basically 
Trump's last season ratings with a slight uh, degrading due to the way every TV show is degrading right now because they're going to different options and cable subscriptions are dropping. Like there's a small, you know, I don't know, maybe it's 5% off of his last mm-hmm. season. Now, Trump is comparing it to his first season where he had gigantic ratings and saying what a failure Schwarzenegger is. But when you look at it, really, I mean, the fact that anyone's tuning in for that show after 12 seasons or whatever oh, it is is amazing. Um, and it's nothing that, you know, Trump was not able, was not a dynamic enough personality to, uh, to hold a show for that long. And very few people are. That's a long freaking time. Plus, keeper has got his other gig, too. So if he's executive producer of this one and he's doing... Well, uh, remember, Donald Trump is executive producer of The Apprentice. No, I know, but sometimes has got the designated credits. survivor that he's doing now, too. So And which I've heard is very similar. Yeah, it's not bad. It's pretty it's good. Pretty it good. is similar. Yeah. It's like it's similar, similar to what, 24? 24. Yeah. And it's not, he's not, a, he's not, uh, he's the president? Well, he right. becomes yes. the he president. He becomes he's the president. Yeah, because everybody blows terrorist. up in, in, yeah. during the State of the Union, right? Right. So he's the yeah. guy who does it. So, I mean, it's a little bit different. You know, he's not investigating terrorism, but it's still a terrorism-related show yeah, that's very is. intense. And I, I mean, you know, which is good. They're I like Kiefer in these roles. The generals are trying to blame it on terrorism, too. Right. I like some FBI agents that think not. I watched mm. probably the first five or six seasons of 24 pretty religiously. Me too. Um, and watched it They lost me in season week. seven. Yeah, and season seven is about the time I lost it. When I they will started say, in on the global warming, uh, Muslims are lovely. And, and that was and early they in don't really do They don't yeah. really do terrorism. And, and this is just... That shipped that's away. Why, that's why we're going to some guy from f- f- uh, France. Oh, okay. <laughs> Right, but I will say that stuff. It's a French terrorist. I'm like, okay, I'm done. That stuff all chipped away at it for me. Yeah, sure did. Um, Because it was, oh god, another global warming measure. Oh god, we don't, we swear we don't like dislike Muslims. I got it. Why do you think we do? We're watching your show. We're the people who are paying your salaries. You think we all hate Muslims? Like, stop it. So that stuff always chipped away at it. However, when the show was still good, um, and it still felt fresh, I stuck around. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. being said, after a while, that same relationship of you know, almost every season felt like it would start out, it would be some Muslim terrorist, but then he was always just a small cog in the wheel. Right. And was actually run by some white guy right. in Russia or Kyrgyzstan <laughs> yep. or, or France or wherever. And it was every time. And then after that, around, you know, hour 18, that would fall <laughs> away. And we'd realize, actually, it was someone in our own government was, who, who was working with them. In league with a corporation yeah, yeah. at, like, Raytheon or yeah. some defense yeah. contractor. Right. But they're the, show, the real bad people. Yes. But the show was intense oh, enough up. that I still overlooked most <clears throat> of that yeah, stuff until, I know. Until, it, until it got old. It wasn't necessarily that, like, the right. pre- like them annoying me politically was not the reason I left. It just eventually got old and repetitive. It was a contributing factor. Yeah, it for was. Sure for me. So I had an interesting experiment with this. And I, this is not even close to what we were talking about. I know. About. This, we'll have to get back we'll to, to that. We'll have to get back but, to Chris. <laughs> but, uh, um, I, I had an interesting experiment in that I, I didn't watch season seven, even though I was like, ah, maybe I'll watch it at some point. And it wasn't until a couple years later that I was looking for something to watch on like a flight. And I was like, you know, there's still a couple seasons of 24 I haven't seen yet. I should just download you know, those and watch, watch it. Yeah, yeah, I like the show. And, you know, it's, it's been a while since I watched it. Jumping back into it after a couple of years felt great. Oh, I like really? the show again. I didn't have the same problems with it. And even though I know this, the patterns sort of repeated, I still really enjoyed it. And you it. didn't have yeah. Kiefer between breaks preaching to you about, That's true, true. hey, <laughs> you know what? All Muslims are really nice people. They're fantastic. <laughs> I think you should marry an imam, in yeah. fact. And, Why aren't and you Muslim, by the way? What's wrong with you? Why aren't you Muslim? Why haven't you converted? Convert. Why aren't you with the seven pillars of Islam or Was five really or whatever there are? 
It yeah, was, he was doing that kind of thing. Oh well, not God. that bad. I mean, it I mean, wasn't that bad, obviously, I but it was. Understand. He was. Hey, bad don't up. forget that Muslims are good people, and that was you should disclaimer? be nice to people. Yes, yes. They, were, they were running the Kiefer disclaimer. Yes. Oh yeah, my God. There's two, you didn't know that? Two, two. I, no, I don't. I didn't. I stopped oh, watching yeah, it after it about two or three years. I mean, I was, okay, because I, I said that happened like season four. Because I, I was like season four, where liberals started saying, and these guys are just mean to Muslims. Liberals started saying, though, these guys are just mean to Muslims. Yeah. And they're just constantly showing Muslims as the terrorists. Yeah. So in response and to that. And they met with care. Remember right. that? And then in response to that, I 24 said, that. look, we're, we're not saying all Muslims are terrorists. You shouldn't judge all Muslims together. And that was insulting to me as a viewer. I'm not doing that. I'm smart right. enough to know it. And the fact that you needed the disclaimer. Pissed me it off. It pisses me off. Right. The next season they came out, and it wasn't even like that. It was just like uh, global warming's really bad. Uh, global warming is going to kill yeah. you. And, yep. and we're like, wait a minute, what the hell? This has nothing to do with even the show. Now they're just giving us political messages for no <laughs> reason. Guns kill people, not people. People don't kill. Why are you using them all the time then on the show? <laughs> so anyway, it's ridiculous. We're but, running very late. Um, yes. And, and I can see, though, that the same, all the same traits and characteristics from those eight seasons are in the new one. There's... You know, something wrong. Something could be wrong at CTU. Something's probably wrong in the government itself. Uh, there's a Muslim infiltrator in I an mean, important position. But I ain't mean, broke. Why yeah. fix it? And, but I mean, it gets yeah, old. It, it does. Old. But I mean, you think you'll make it through this season? I mean, are you liking it so far enough to get it through the season? I yes. I think you. I yes. think season. The next season's going to be a challenge. But like it is. The fact that you're hitting, they're hitting you with this out of you have it a couple years without it. It kind of feels good again. Yeah, it does. Um, but again, it, it, it might ended expire. in what? 10? 11? I don't know. Oh, uh, 12. And they also did that movie. Um, they did a movie, like a two hour movie, like for TV. Um, oh, yeah. And, which again, that which was pretty good. Which I didn't see too. that either. I mean, I. Wow. All of it, 10, yeah. yeah. Go back and look at those other seasons, those older seasons, if you haven't seen them. They're all pretty good. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, again, they're not. Maybe as good and fresh as the early years, but that happens with every freaking season. 195 right. episodes yeah, of this. That's a lot. 195. All right, we got to take a break. We're I super know, late. It now. doesn't seem right. like. I, I hate to cut you off. More patents to be got off. I mean, I, know, I, I, don't I was hate telling to, you. I don't hate to cut episodes. you off. I hate to cut Pat off. I mean, I, you know. <laughs> I mean, you, I'd actually rather cut off than hear what you're going to say. But that's totally different. Definitely. A little, uh, we were working on that show plan here right now. Uh, let's do, let's move Cruz and Sanders to the st start of next hour. Yeah. Um, we'll do this. So we'll do that we'll there. Do that. We'll move on here and we'll talk about, uh, I guess, uh, let's see, fe female CNN reporters. Uh, I guess it's okay to objectify men, right? Sure. Like, it's, it's totally I, fine to objectify men. You can't objectify yeah, women. Uh, but you can objectify men. That's okay. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, women are always objectifying us. And we're used to it. Well, I'm, I'm so not, you know, we don't object to it as much as we probably should. It's like online you bullying, know? Pat. You know, I, we might be used to it, but that doesn't make it right. And, and, you know, just because we happen to guess, yes, we get objectified by women all the time on the show. And I'm, sure. And I mean, who I can blame you them? You know what I mean? But uh, but uh, stop it. The answer is no. Well, yeah, okay, first of all, for, no, for we're thing, married. The answer is no. We're all married. And uh, Jeffy, obviously, his marriage the is very. The answer is yes. Well, for okay, Jeffy. For Jeffy, it's yes, yes, but for us, it's no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but uh, I guess on CNN you're allowed to ogle men if you think they're hot. I mean, you know that's okay. Uh, we found that out uh, with Amazing. Brianna Keeler, uh, I guess yesterday. Staying on President Obama and looking at these pictures uh, of him, Necker Island, you know, Sir Richard Branson's island. I mean, can we say on TV that President Obama is jacked? 
Oh, good <laughs> you just said it. Are you serious? He seems to have had some sure, time perhaps to uh, spend some time in the gym, which he all, he didn't make a regular habit wow. of that as president. But he's been relaxing, and you probably haven't seen him like this. But, I mean, come on. If you were on Richard Branson's private island... Uh, Yes, and you're, the answer is yes. You're spending days <laughs> kiteboarding. I mean, how excited and relaxed are the you going to look? Yes. Yeah, she's, she's saying she's going to hug I mean, up with uh, The answer is unreal. Yes. Yeah. She <laughs> is like... <laughs> she's, she's smitten. <laughs> I mean, That's at, first pathetic. of all... That's I mean, has, Can you imagine that with any other president? Oh, my God. No, uh, I mean, especially a Republican president. You, I can imagine it with Clinton. She would do it with Clinton. Mm-hmm. She obviously did it with Obama. Uh, let's see. Who else would you do that with? Kennedy. S- Kennedy, mm-hmm, for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was. It's okay with Democrats, and it's not okay with Republicans. It's pretty clear. Um, but beyond wow. that, he's not jacked. No. He's I mean, not he looks. Jacked. He looks pretty good in those pictures. I think for, he's, for you he's know. Okay, so, but, but I mean, he's not. He's not this jacked. This is what they do with this guy. They made him out to be this superstar yeah, athlete, sure which he throws like a girl. He he can't play athletics at all. We saw he can't shoot. He can't shoot hoops, which he was supposed to be so tremendous. Mm-hmm. He can't play golf, even though he did it fifteen hundred times. I mean, the guy's not an athlete, yeah. and he's not jacked. No, he's not jacked. And by the way, I would say, uh, why on earth are these photos out? I don't know. Like, I, I, I mean, don't know. This weird photo where he, where you have this like nine hundred and fourteen year old guy, Richard Branson, <laughs> like holding his neck, is so weird. Really it's such a weird. weird picture. And like, why would Obama want those out? I mean, if you're Richard, is Richard Branson releasing photos of Obama because I got him over my house and he, he went on my boat, so I get to step, you know release pictures of no, him. He, I bet you Obama is, though, right? He, Branson probably isn't. Uh, Branson wow. doesn't care either way, right? No, I mean, Branson doesn't care, but I, from what I understand, uh, uh, I th- the, Br- the Branson's organization took the pictures. Um, which you might expect if you have sure. the president over, you're going to have you know, some pictures taken to remember it. But like, the fact that they were released is, to me, very strange. Okay, so there's there had to be conversations with the Obama people being like, by the way, we're going to set a bunch of pictures of you par- parasailing or whatever the hell, kiteboarding, whatever it was. And it didn't I, work well and for I'm John Kerry. I'm going to show some with my hands around your neck like I'm choking you. <laughs> I mean, look how old he looks there. Yeah. That is, that's a weird, it, first of all, it's a weird situation. And it's weird, you're right, that they took the photo in the first place. Yeah, and it's it's even weirder that they released it. Yeah, Pat, are you even with all that said, I mean, uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, start to finish. Okay. What? Whole thing. Just weird. There's no way you would say no to that. You'd Let's say take no to what? A break right away and maybe never come back. Yeah. Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven back is. Why would you come back? I was just talking about saying yes. No, I, so I know what you're saying. I know what you're talking about, and it's not appropriate for daytime viewing. <laughs> that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. All right, so it's Wednesday after the Super Bowl, so it's not too late to still uh, talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Uh, Netflix uh, was one of the uh, companies that had one of their big ads during the Super Bowl, which generated uh, this particular ad for Stranger Things 2, which uh, Mm. was the number one tweeted ad from the Super Bowl. I mean, at the time that the ad went on, 307 thousand tweets between 6 30 p.m and 11 o'clock on sunday which uh, after they ran this ad which is pretty amazing let's see there the up uh, the uploaded season two of stranger <laughs> look on my phone 
my ego. You like all my ego. I love it! What did uh, let go of my ego have to do with any of that? We are in the 80s. I don't understand. Yeah. Hey, everybody, this is an 80s-based show. Yeah, like that, that it seems to be the, that's, that's the only the thing I know deal? about it, to well, be honest. It's the only I mean, thing I know the, about it. Yeah, the girl from the Upside Down, that's what she ate, was the, was the Eggo Waffles. I mean, that was huh. the whole deal behind her coming from Oh, that. that's right. I actually yeah, okay. don't know anything That's about right. the show other than they just want to put a lot of 80s things inside the it's show. Abs- which well, I, I mean, love. it's in the 80s. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I would love, though. I, I would like, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's probably pretty good. I just haven't uh, it is pretty good. given myself pretty a good. chance to watch it's it. It's real good. Yeah. Uh, also, yesterday we had the uh, Taco Bell uh, chicken chalupa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I just well, I saw an ad now that uh, uh, right now chicken surpasses Everything. Fast food industry currently obsessed with fried chicken. 100 biggest restaurant chains in the U.S. Three of the five fastest growing chicken concepts. Number one category in fast food business by purchase since last April. Bypassing burgers. See, I would think that Mm. uh, because people think chicken is like better for them. I wouldn't say they think of it was necessarily a fried thing, right? Like there's like a lot of a lot of the like healthier things that they you know these places come up with all have chicken in them instead of you know burgers. I bet such. that has something to do with it. Although, sure, although when you not. see the caloric uh, yeah. count on a chicken sandwich from Chick Fil A, it's probably at least as much as a burger. Oh right? my gosh, probably more. Yeah, maybe even more. Probably more. The but grilled chicken one is, is, is less. Yes, the grilled chicken one is less. Is yeah. it yeah. the one you just say? I want a chicken sandwich. That's, not right. That's fried. Is, <laughs> But man, is it and good? I know. Wait till the like the, the McDonald's checking for the chicken McGriddle breakfast sandwich. What? I mean, that might not be bad. No, that's not bad. Uh, is that, well, is that really know. in the works? The, yeah. br- the brunch thing is kind of interesting right now because I've noticed like Jack in the Box has like breakfast burgers with yeah. eggs on them and stuff, and, yeah. and I think Burger King now is offering their dinner menu for breakfast or as because everyone did breakfast all day that was their answer to it at least in some markets (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean i i'm a big fan by the way the the, uh the egg on the burger thing because you know i i I have the the veggie burgers often but the egg on the burger thing is pretty pretty good i actually like it i know i do too that was a big fan of that too i have yeah i like it it's worth it it's got sauce yeah i can't do sauce it's american sauce i don't like that i don't like that Pat and Stu, triple eight seven two seven Beck, eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. We were starting to talk about the uh, big debate last night between Ted Cruz and Bernie Sanders on uh, Obamacare and the health care system and where it should be going and what's happening to it now. Uh, here's a look at uh, Cruz answering Sanders' question about whether all Americans are entitled to health care. Ted, let me ask you a question. Sure. sure. Is every American entitled, and I underlined that word, to health care as a right 
of being an American. Yes, I, no. You know, I'm glad you asked that. You know, right is a word you use a lot. Let's yep. talk about what rights are. Yeah. Rights mean you have a right for government not to mess with you, for government not to do things with you. If you look at the Bill of Rights, the Bill of Rights, free speech means the government can't silence you when you're speaking. Religious liberty means the government can't control who you worship, what your faith is. The Second Amendment means the government can't take away your guns. Those are rights. You know, what the Declaration of Independence said, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So what is a right? Is access to health care. What is a right is choosing your own doctor. And if you believe health care is a right, why on earth did you help write Obamacare that caused six million people to have their health insurance canceled, that had them lose their doctors, well, and have people like LaRonda who can't get health well, insurance, for, can't afford premiums? You're denying mm. her what you say is her right. Jeez. Mm. The simple answer to that question is no. No, you're not. There is no right to health care. The answer is no. Look in the Constitution. You tell me. The answer is no. There's I mean, no right to health care. That is a great answer. Um, however, his answer, I thought, was really good. It was I good. mean, look, the, the bottom line is he went back. I mean, the reason I'm frustrated as I watch a clip like that is I think of what could have been. Yep. I think I of thought. I think of what could have been. Mm -hmm. Theoretically, that could have been the debate we were watching uh, last year um, between those two. Um, and I just, you know, the the guy who I remember, the president we currently have believes the opposite of what Ted Cruz said. He believes what Bernie Sanders said, mm -hmm. and he said it multiple times. Now he said, you know, he said he's going to get everyone health care. He said the government's going to pay for it. This is during the campaign. Um, now, whether he, he is saying he's going to repeal Obamacare, but if you repeal Obamacare and replace it with something worse, that's not a positive. Um, so we'll see what happens uh, with that. But even if he lands in the right place, the, the mood strikes him correctly to be a conservative that particular day, he will never be able to articulate anything like that. I mean, that is, uh, you know, I mean, I don't even think reading the Declaration of Independence, he could sound as good as that. And, no. you know, Ted was doing it from memory. You know, well, while this I... Is the, this is his core. It's his core. It's what he believes. And, like, you know, questions like that, they don't intimidate Ted Cruz. I mean, uh, you know, no. that's, uh, that's a difficult situation because what you're saying, what he's trying to put him in a position is you're saying that, like, this sick person doesn't have the right to, get, to get a, go to a doctor. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's not what rights are in this country. Um, it's not supposed to be. We, our rights, in the, I mean, he goes back to the Bill of Rights and quotes a bunch of them. And, the and point the is to keep the government is, out of your business, which is right, what Obamacare does. He, and he did touch on that. Yeah, he did. And, yeah. and, he, and that's, that's great because the Constitution is a charter of negative liberties. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't spell out all the things you can do. It spells out to the government what it cannot do to us. Everything else is our responsibility. We take care of everything else. Just keep the government out of the way of the citizenry. And then it's, it's our responsibility, not our right, to do all these things. It's my responsibility to make sure my, my family's covered. And right, like, and, and this is so, a good example of this is the Second Amendment, which we obviously all cherish, which does not say the government must provide you with a gun. Right. It says it they, says can't, I can't, stop they can't stop you from, from having acquiring one on your own. It mm -hmm. doesn't say that the government must come up with a subsidy program so that you can afford a gun if they're right. not affordable. That's right. It doesn't guarantee that either. And this is something that we like and they hate. So uh, that is exactly what that is. That was a, I thought that was a really good answer by Ted Cruz. It, it was. And the thing is, we had a safety net for those who couldn't afford health care. 
There, there was a safety net before all this. There was no, there were no piles of dead bodies in the streets from people who couldn't afford to get health care. Yeah, you'd get, you'd get health care. You'd, you'd be served if you were sick. We took care of you. You go to the hospital. They're going to take care of you. I mean, and not even and not just by law, and not just the hospital, but uh, Medicaid and Medicare right. are two programs specifically designed to to uh, address uh, these concerns for older people and people without enough income. Um, you know, there were a pocket of people in the middle, many of which were making uh, seventy-five to hundred thousand dollars a year, who chose <coughs> not to buy health insurance, which Obamacare addressed. It did insure some of those people at cost to others. I mean, that's not, a, that's not something you, you is brag about. Is that fair? That's not fair. I don't think it is. It's not right. Um, you know, it was a lot of money. Uh, for it was a, it, it, I mean, we, we use this term often because it applies, but it really does describe what Obamacare is. It is not a health care program. It is a redistribution of wealth. It is taking money from people you don't think should have it and giving it to others for things that you think they should have. And one of the designers admitted that in the beginning, uh, Donald Berwick. Uh, he's one of the guys that got, yeah. Jeez, got the God, idea how did you from pull that name out from, from the, that, I was, don't know. that was pretty freaking amazing, but I do remember that now <laughs> yeah. that you say it. Yeah, that was pretty and, amazing. And he said, not only did he say it is, he said it must, must, he said three times must be redistributive, must be. And so that's the way they designed it. Hmm. So, uh, it, it, you know, Ted, Ted just kicked some butt last night. Um, and he continued to do that with, uh, Bernie Sanders when they talked about going after big pharma. I would love for us to work together going after Big Pharma, and in particular taking on the FDA. Right now it takes $2 billion to approve a new drug. Now I've introduced legislation to reform the FDA process so that new health care, so that we can be curing diseases and we can be helping people. Wait. I would encourage you to join well, me I'll in that legislation. Join me in Right to Try so that if someone has a terminal disease, the government won't tell them you can't try this life-saving medicine because we forbid it. Gentlemen, I, 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 we could One do this, we could do this all night. We're yeah. going to get to pharma. I'm willing yes. to look at it. If you're willing to look at taking on pharma, which is the greediest pharma. of many greedy corporate interests in Washington, yeah, and I'll tell you what, true. I'm going to introduce legislation to have Medicare negotiate prices with the pharmaceutical industry. I am going to introduce again legislation to allow Americans to buy less expensive medicine in Canada, the UK, and other countries. Uh, I, I can't take it. Uh, I, I can't take the demonization of big companies. And yeah, that's what he's doing there. And it's yeah. so easy to go after uh, the pharmaceutical companies who spend all this money in, in R&D, and, and they develop all of these products. Something like 70 or 80% of all drugs uh, in the world are developed right here. Um, it might be slightly smaller than that in some years than others, but we we do most of the uh, new drugs, the development, the research and development of drugs, and then we distribute them throughout the world. Now, the reason they're so expensive is because they have to make that money back somehow, and I've just been a victim of this. I, I, I get this uh, prescription that is incredibly expensive, and I, I didn't realize it with our old drug company because they... They just paid it, um, a, a big portion of it. But it's 1400 bucks every time I get 30 of them. $1,400. And our new insurance company said no to that. And so uh, I, I can relate to people who think, well, I can't afford my medication because I can't afford to pay $800 or $1,400 every time I, I go and try right. to get this. 
Um, but on the other hand, there's got to be a way for them to make up for the research and development of all of these drugs because after, I think it's six months, another company comes in and does the generic version, taking their formula and just taking the brand name off of it, and then they, they've, they're, it's gone. They're mm-hmm. out. It's gone. They're gone. It's done. Bye-bye. So they, they got to make that money initially because it goes away very quickly. So I, yeah, I don't know I, what the answer to that is. Um, you're right. I mean, because, you know, they keep, they keep talking about this. I mean, first of all, one of the reasons our, our drug prices are, are higher than in other parts of the world is that a lot of the uh, drug companies are based here. Um, and we are footing the bill for the research and development. The, the, the difficult times yeah. where they waste, and it's, I don't have the stats in front of me, uh, um, uh, but it, they will try hundreds and hundreds of, of different compounds and, and formulas to try to get something that does anything. It's incredibly They'll, expensive. They to waste so much. Yeah, because it's hard. Yeah. Um, think about this is uh, going back to, uh, you know, this is from a while ago. But think, think, I love this, this breakdown of this. Let's think of the business model of a big drug company for a second. They spend years and years and billions of dollars developing products with no promise or timeline for success. They don't know when they're going to hit one. If they discover something that works, they get bogged down in years of bureaucratic red tape. Then they will have a very limited prospective customer base because very few people with irritable bowel, without irritable, irritable bowel syndrome will actually take the drug used to treat irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> right. So you're only targeting a very small slice uh-huh. of the populace. Uh, with almost all of these things, there's some that are wide enough. I mean, Jeffy, I well, know you, you certainly think, aren't making fun of IBS, are you? Oh, not at all. Okay. Um, and when a product finally gets on the market, they are flooded with both with complaints that they should be giving it away for free. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing they get. And then if oh, anything goes gosh. wrong, their whole entire business should go out. Uh, they should, their entire company should go out of business. And then after that is the point that Pat, uh, Pat just brought up, which is they have it for a few years and then they lose the patent and everyone can make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, it's amazing these guys make any money. And they do have to cut, charge premium prices for some of this. But thank God they do. Thank God they do. They've I know. They've extended all of our lives I because know. of it. They've treated various illnesses. They, I mean, yes. And again, almost all of that happens here. Yep. That's not happening in France and the nope. UK. I mean, to a certain extent it is, but not nearly to the extent that the United States researches and develops these drugs. And fortunately for the small segment of society that does have irritable bowel syndrome, uh, fortunately, they have developed certain things to treat the, that. Amen. And, and Amen. I, Amen. Jeffy, I, I know that's important to you because you've got all manner of diseases, Amen. and I'm sure that's one of them. And I would never make fun of irritable bowel syndrome because okay. I made that mistake with Sybil Shepherd when she was on her irritable bowel syndrome IBS tour. tour. The IBS tour. <laughs> <laughs> And I may have mocked a little bit oh, when she came to the studio in Houston, Texas, and uh, and was not not pleased. You, you mocked my her to her face. <laughs> yeah, they get pissed. Yes, I did, yeah. and she was not pleased. Um, really? But I couldn't help it at the time. I thought it was amusing. Uh, I wasn't the, that the, familiar just, with just it. Just be clear, you thought it was amusing because the word bowel was in it. <laughs> That, that was the extent of... It was Sybil yes. Shepherd, okay. and it was irritable bowel syndrome. Yes. Come on. It's a weird Come delivery on. system for an irritable it bowel is. syndrome message. Yes. I, will, I, will, I will grant you. <laughs> yes. Like Jeffy, if Jeffy was a spokesperson <clears throat> for an irritable bowel syndrome drug, everyone would be like, ah, that's the guy no, well, I expect yeah, to tell me about obviously. irritable bowel syndrome. And I guess right, that's but not the, not the girl from Moonlighting. No. Right? <laughs> well, that was like uh, when... Um, 
Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis started doing the uh, I'll poop a lot more yogurt. Oh, yeah. That whole thing. Yeah. I'll poop a lot more. I'll, I'll, yeah. you, you could poop a lot more yogurt. That was the name of it, I believe. At least that was the message they were sending you. <laughs> that was the message. <laughs> You're going to poop on schedule with this yogurt. Yeah. Uh, it was basically what they're telling you. But it's like, I'm Jamie Lee Curtis is a sex symbol. Yeah. Like, Sybil Shepherd was a sex symbol, yeah. and now they're talking about their bowels? Yes. I'm guessing, though, that at the time, if I remember correctly, when mm. Sybil was on her IBS tour, uh, she had strayed away mm. from that sex, sex symbol look. Oh, a yes. Tad? Just a tad. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I guess, <laughs> you, you know, know. look, yes. that happens with IBS. I have a living example. <laughs> So you used to be a sex symbol, and look what it's done yes. to you. Yeah, That's a good yes. commercial. I'll say I gotta buy this. I, I, I don't even have it. I'm gonna buy it anyway. Just All right. Sure. Uh, okay. Well, there was more of the debate last night between Cruz and Sanders, and here's a look at who's really making out in all this Obamacare nonsense. Insurance company profits have doubled under Obamacare. That was the result. Bernie helped write Obamacare. I don't think the federal government ought to be passing a law that doubles insurance company profits. And while those profits were doubling, what hmm. happened to the average American family? The average American family, your premiums have gone up $5,462. Wow. At the same time, the average deductible wow. has gone up $5,000. For families that are struggling, Jeez. you're getting less coverage, you're paying more for it, mm -hmm. and your deductibles are higher. And you mm -hmm. know who's making out like gangbusters? The insurance companies and those in government whose solution is let's have even more government control. Senators, this thing isn't working. You know? Wow. I, again, I don't know how. I know. I don't know how you disagree with that. I mean, you could have a fundamental idea, I think, as Bernie Sanders obviously does, that it doesn't matter what it costs. It doesn't matter if it performs. I believe everyone should have this no matter what, and let's go from there. And I think that's, while a terribly wrong position is at least ideologically honest, right? Like you're saying, I don't care if it costs $20 trillion, we're going to do this no matter what. Obviously, we always make the point of like, wouldn't you do food first? Wouldn't you do water first? Right. Wouldn't you do housing first? You would think so, You'd yeah. you think you go through a lot of things that aren't guaranteed rights at this point before you got there. But okay, you want to talk healthcare? Because I know they want to get to Wi-Fi, so you got to get healthcare out of the way. Um, but other than that, other than an ideological dedication that borders on the uh, re religious fervor why on earth could you even would you even argue for obamacare at this point it's been a complete disaster yes more people have on paper coverage but millions of them have been fined people have been being fined for years millions of people i mean and you see the results there the prices have gone up not down the cost curve has not been bent. It's been it's continued to rise. Uh, we've seen bent. I mean, it's, yeah, been, it's been bent, bent upward. Way. Yeah, bent the other way. We were told twenty five hundred per family per year. Instead, it went up fifty four hundred for yep. the average family. Amazing. That's amazing. Man, the deductible is not a minor Jeez. thing. We just went through this here at uh, at uh, um, at, the, at the office because we had to change healthcare companies and we had a bunch of different options of like what plan we wanted to do. And you know, I had to sit down with freaking spreadsheets over vacation for several days to figure out which. And one thank was goodness the best. you did that. Cause yeah, because I was just about ready to do that. Money. I mean, I was so close to sitting yeah. down and yeah, we all were. The spreadsheets really? and all of a sudden yeah. I was like, hey, yeah. Stuart, he did this. Oh, oh good. Stu, just oh. finished it up right before. <laughs> right. Oh, thank you. But the deal. <laughs> my point of that. <laughs> is there was a big, big uh, difference, difference when you went through all huge. the numbers. And to the point of like these, some of these deductibles, people don't even think about. All they think about is like, oh, average, average monthly cost. That's how I always used to always think about it. And well, the, 
but you, you look at when you factor in deductibles, you factor in what the minimum you're going to pay yeah. versus the maximum. Some of these plans are completely out of control. It's unbelievable. And unless you're sitting there, you know, breaking out Excel, you're not going to even know it. And we have gone from a group of people who paid nothing for our health care, even for the family coverage, to paying a significant amount. And we went from no deductible to a significant amount. And we went from, uh, you know, small copay to a much larger copay. I mean, we've really been hurt by all this in the last so, three and, or four years. And we're still years. on the good side of it. I mean, and we're, yeah. I mean, some of the other, because, you know, my wife has a job as well, and she had a potential for insurance, so I did the same thing with all the insurance plans she had to Was offer. ours better than hers? Yes, ours was considerably yeah. better. I, I mean, mean, that's what we heard from the, the, yeah, the, all the dingleberries that were true. Well, that's what that's stuff. what they were telling us, but at the, like I told them I at the meeting, it, it doesn't seem Stop. good to us because we had much better before and now it's worse. <laughs> Quit your dancing and just tell us the plans. Yeah. <laughs> so don't try to sell me your nonsense. It ain't it ain't working here. I'm I gotta, not buying. <laughs> I got to say, I do want to hear more of this cruise thing. Um, yes. Uh, I, I want to finish this up. we got to do this, um, but we got to take a break first. Um, we can tell you, however, before we do that, about our friends at My Patriot Supply. We're talking about taking a positive step towards self-reliance. You don't need the government. Ted Cruz is talking about, you know, well, uh, everyone wants the government to come in and, st- and step in and with your health care. Well, food is another thing. You know, yeah. if you prepare yourself, you don't have to worry about the government stepping in if there's a natural disaster. Are they going to come ride to your rescue? Why worry about that when you can do it yourself? And first of all, they're not going to ride to your rescue for at least a good amount of days. Yeah. I mean, two, three days minimum. And sometimes it's much longer than that. So get some easy-to-prepare emergency food that tastes great, lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Yeah, 99 bucks for four weeks. I mean, you're not going to beat that. Plus, they're going to ship it to you for free. 888-411-5290 is the number, or preparewiththeblaze.com. 888-411-5290, or preparewiththeblaze.com. So uh, let's do a little bit more with Ted Cruz. Um, you know, as you know, uh, he could never. I mean, we wanted him to be president. Um, obviously, we were the, he was the guy we were rooting for. He could not be president. He was not eligible. Uh, he was not a natural-born citizen. Um, in fact, he was born in Canada. So th- now, sit on, sit on that for quite a, a bit. I, I know quite a bit about Canadian health care. I was born there. <laughs> uh, you know, Bernie, that may be the best argument against your position. Is, is you, you know, look, look what it look produces. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of a funny, funny line, anyway. Yeah, a little self-deprecating. Um, how about um, Bernie Sanders? Uh, he's going into because uh, I think it was just a small business conversation. Was the was the creation of this particular discussion, and Bernie took it one way. In America today, everybody should have health care. And if you have more than 50 people, you know what? I think I'm afraid to tell you, but I think you will have to provide health care. So my services. question is, how do I do that without raising my prices to my customers or lowering wages well, to my employees? You see, the difficulty is also is, and I'm not much of an expert on hair dressing I've in general. I've never anything in my life. <laughs> and certainly in Fort Worth. I'm just one in small businesses. <laughs> I know. But my guess is one of the problems that we have is there may be somebody else in Fort Worth who is providing decent health insurance to their employees. And they are in an unfair competitive situation regarding you. You can compete and maybe charge lower prices, get business, while they, on the other hand, may be providing decent health insurance. I think I don't you'll think find that the profit margin in my entire well, industry about I, I the same. certainly don't know, you know about hair salons in okay. Fort Worth. But I do believe, to be honest with you, 
that if you have more than 50 people, uh, yes, you should be providing health insurance. Wow. I mean, that's, that's great. That's a, what a great moment there. Wow. Because that explains it. You know what? So? I don't care. I don't care. Do he it. doesn't care about her. No. He doesn't care about her business. No. He doesn't care if yeah, that's he a says, struggle. And, you know, and he thinks it's unfair that she's able to keep her prices low for you. Think about what that means to you as a consumer every yes, day. When you man. go around, you want to go buy, you want to get a haircut, you want to you know, go buy something. What he's saying is low prices are bad for you and you just don't know it. Well, so I'll, we'll force you to do it. We'll give you the high prices and then you'll suck it up. That's why he would, he would hate a business like Walmart. And he would complain about Walmart mm-hmm. and he would try to drive Walmart out of business. Uh, because Unreal. he's a socialist and he'd rather have... The government interfere in into our economic well, system and screw it up. All he's ever done is government, of course. I mean, that's yeah. he's, he's not run a business. No, his, right. His little disclaimer always is instead of saying I've never run a business, his disclaimer is always, well, I'm not sure how uh, about running your particular business. Right, right, right. Okay, I don't but know he about says that to every business. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about hairdressers in Fort Worth. Right. Well, maybe you should think about them mm-hmm. because your policies are affecting hairdressers in Fort Worth. And the fact is, you're right. You don't know, and That's no one right. could know. No one could know the, the details. That's why you don't make overly broad policies that hurt everybody. That's why you don't do it. Because if you, if you were to be able to understand each business, these people could come to you and say, wait a minute, you're screwing me. You're screwing my business. And I know you think, you know, as a progressive, you know best for everyone, but you don't know what's best for us. And people can go look for those places. They can go find uh, those jobs. You know, one of the big things down here right now with hairdressers are these, like, um, independent contractor salon type places where they will, uh, and I don't know if this is big across the country, but in Texas it's pretty big. And so they'll buy, a place will have an entire facility and they will rent out each individual room basically right. for a different hairdresser to come in and be their own business person. Right. They get their own clients. They don't, they don't book through the central part. They, they get their own clients. They have to pay rent for that little room. And they can work as much or as little as they want. It's almost like Uber for hairdressers in a way. Right. It's uh, different than rather than renting the chair and having to go through the main company. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like calling Bill's Barbershop, right. Bill also, gets a cut. And it's, but it's more diff- it's, it's different than the traditional employment yeah. contract where, like, Jeffy owns the salon and he pays his hairdresser, uh, you know, $15 an hour to cut hair. That's not the way these things work anymore. The people who are really good at it are able to make more money because they work their asses off. Because and get more clients. at the same time, like, I, for example, what my wife was telling me about her hairdresser who uh, over the past three years has had two children. So she's been able to work when she wants coming back from the from the baby, not needing to, to, to fill a full time position. She pops in whenever she can. When she books someone, she pops in for an hour, does the hair and then leaves and is able to make some income while still tending uh, to her family. I mean, that's these are great. These are great things that are happening. Um, and, you know, you're forcing insurance on everybody is going to make those things basically impossible to do. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing, and it's, it's tough for, for, for people to handle. But Bernie Sanders thinks he, he knows better. Yeah, he does. Else. Uh, he we does. got a couple more here. One more. Um, this, is, uh, this is Ted Cruz talking about the ideal health care system we should have. We should have a system, I believe, where you can choose to get the policies that meet your needs. And the impact, especially for young people, of all the mandated coverage. You know, it's interesting. The Democrats' view, they're big on talking about insurance coverage. But it's a little bit like giving everyone a bus ticket when there are no buses. What we should care about is access to health care, not just insurance per se. And what's happened under Obamacare is that millions of people can't afford it. We should be concerned about people being able to afford 
health insurance, and that means giving them the choice in 50 states to choose a policy. In your instance, you would choose a policy that had maternity coverage, but someone else who right now can't, can't afford it might choose a different policy. Senator and when government mandates it, those choices go away. Now, the maternity one is such a good example because that's not only just men who don't need to be covered for maternity, which you wind up paying for anyway, because uh, pregnancy is a pre-existing condition. No, it's just not in a condition for men. So men who are single should not be paying for maternity coverage. The same thing happens with women who don't want it. Many women are on birth control. They don't want maternity coverage. And so they can choose not to uh, get it if they didn't want to. There's a lot of women uh, that might hit a particular uh, age, uh, you know, I mean, Jeffy is, a, you know, if he was a woman, it would obviously not even a chance. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking thousands of years ago, that would have gone away. Uh, why would he have maternity coverage? He might look pregnant, he's not. So mm -hmm. that's a, oh yeah, well, that's, that's mm -hmm. what it is. What yeah. if I am pregnant? I no, you're not. It says right there what you are, so. We got that covered. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the number. We have some stuff from uh, Glenn telling a cool story about history coming up. Also, spoons, and 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 when we talk about spoons, we're talking about trying a new product. We have one that I'm very very interested in today. Uh, as you know, I love the red velvet. Red velvet is my life. We've got some red velvet coming your way in just a couple of minutes. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the number. Pat and Stu, Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Beck. Uh, it's Black History Month, and uh, so Glenn's kind of investigating that this month and looking into Black Wall Street. It was a name given to the most prominent black community in the United States, actually, during the 1920s, and they were quite successful. Here's a look. Let me take you back to Black Wall Street, Greenwood, a town that is truly remarkable and needs to be studied. The people, our generation needs to know about Greenwood, Oklahoma. Not the tragedy, although yes, but the spirit of it. There's a rumor now going around that the Klan is planning an assault on the courthouse at night and the blacks begin to organize. Volunteers are called. Now remember, this is a time right after World War I, so the volunteers are coming in, and most of them are armed with rifles and pistols. Uh, many of them are vets. And here comes O.W. Gurley. He gathers everybody else. The vets are all starting to arm themselves, and he gathers everybody else, and he says, calm, calm. Let's pray. He had a ton invested in Tulsa. All of them did. The future was there. And he's like, this could just be a misunderstanding. But he knew it also could destroy every dream that all of them had brought to Oklahoma. Information was crucial. They didn't have any. He volunteered. Now think of this, the bravery of Gurley. He volunteers to get into his car and drive to the courthouse and find out what's happening firsthand. Can you imagine that? He drives up in his fancy car, an uppity, one of them black men, in his car, and he sees 
the mob is growing by the hundreds, he comes back and says, there are thousands there. The sheriff meets him inside. And the sheriff says, I promise you, I am not going to allow any lynching. Gurley knew that the sheriff was a really good guy and a man of his word. And so they shook hands, looked each other in the eye, and Gurley goes back to the elders of, uh, of Greenwood. Unfortunately, when he gets back, he finds out that he's already too late. The elders had decided that they couldn't risk leaving the fate of Roland up to chance. And so they had all packed up into their cars and their trucks, and they had went to the courthouse, and they were armed to the teeth. They were ready. When they got to the courthouse, miraculously, somehow or another, um, the sheriff, McCullough, and his black deputy convinced the convoy, please, don't make this work, stand down. And they went, they started going back to Glenwood, um, and they said, if you can't keep the mob at bay, we are coming bay, coming back. Well, now, because of the Klan instigators, the white mob is now outraged because the instigators are now saying, not only do these guys have the gall to come and try to break this guy out, take him and subvert justice, but they came, frankly, with more guns than we have. Mob sets out for guns and ammo. They would not be caught unprepared, neither side arming to the teeth, neither side would be caught. The mob goes down the streets of Tulsa. They kick in the, sh the uh, doors of the uh, sporting goods shop. They steal all the weapons they can find. They even attack the armory, the National Guard. Um, the commanding officer shows up and says, get out of here. Rumor gets back to the black convoy that's on their way back to Greenwood that an attack on the courthouse has already occurred. So they fire up their cars again, and they head back to defend Roland. But it's all rumors at this time. This time, as they arrive at the courthouse, they find out there's no attack. And as they turn, a white man reaches up and tries to disarm one of the black men. That is all it took. And all hell broke loose. The shots ring out. There's mass chaos. Some of the blacks scatter in different directions. The rest, mostly World War I vets, begin a tactical retreat back to Greenwood. 20 people are laying dead in the streets on the initial volley. But this was just the beginning because the race war was now on, and it would look more like a battle in the streets of uh, France and in Germany. More than anything else, would ever look like a real war in America, this was it. The vets started to lay down cover fire while the rest of them would retreat block by block, and then they'd flip and uh, continue the retreat, and they were doing it like the military did. These guys were all trained, both sides all trained in the military. And from the beginning, you could see this is something entirely new to this continent. It continues until the battle line was established at the railroad tracks, the place that separated Greenwood from Tulsa. 
the white mob was there on their side of the railroad tracks, and they would grab any black that was caught behind the line. They would tie them to cars, and they would drag their bodies around, hooting and hollering and honking and celebrating. There was only a small crowd left at the courthouse. Most of the mob, they didn't even care about Roland anymore. I don't know if they even did, ever. But this was something much larger now. National Guard immediately goes to organizing the town. Hundreds of men, men that were just recently planning to lynch Roland, were now, and had been stealing arms from the, the, the sporting goods store, they were being deputized. So the guys who were part of the mob are now part of the safety task force. They roll out the machine guns, they bring them in from the armory, they set them up right on their side of the railroad tracks at strategic locations, and Many of the white World War I veterans go home. They're not going home to uh, not be a part of it. They're going home to change into their uniforms. Martial law is declared. And somebody fires the first shot. The blacks in Greenwood are prepared to defend their area. A lot of people fled in terror. There were refugees that formed a river of panic as they went towards the north to the countryside. The black defenders, their battle cry was, it will never happen here. They had seen the riots, witnessed them or heard about them in, in St. Louis and Houston and Chicago and Washington DC and Omaha, but not here. 5.08 in the morning, a factory whistle sounds. The old steam whistles pull the men to work, but today the men were called to a different kind of work. That was the signal. The invasion was on, and the machine guns opened up, and the whites charged across the railroad tracks as they were charging any German line in Europe, and the blacks were fighting for their lives. Both sides took casualties, but the white mob with the machine guns, clearly, I mean, the blacks were outnumbered 10 to one. As the battle began to stall at the front, the white mob then split and hit from the flank, and the black defenders did all they could to protect themselves, and then they heard a buzzing in the sky they realized that the whites had gotten into airplanes, biplanes, and were attacking from the air, and they were shooting and dropping flaming bombs. This was a full-scale military invasion that had happened. They had brought World War I into Tulsa, Oklahoma. The destruction of Black Wall Street is at a level not seen since the Civil War. This is, this is, the destruction of the city is mind-boggling when you see it. Everything was gone. But the destruction of people, the elderly blacks were executed, kneel down, shooting them in the back of their head while they were praying on their knees. Anything of value, pianos, clothes, jewelry, art, homes, 
Everything was stolen and then burned to the ground. Gasoline doused over everything. The destruction was 35 square blocks of a wealthy section. This is not the slums. This is a wealthy neighborhood. Over 1,100 homes were burned, five hotels, 31 restaurants, four drugstores, eight doctor's offices, a school, 24 grocery stores, a hospital, a library, and 12 churches. That's not the worst of the story. Those who did survive were herded up like cattle and they took the belt loops or their belts and they took a rope and they put it on through the belt loops and they tied everybody together and they put them in internment camps. The largest internment camp was a horror show. Soldiers who were armed with bayonets, they brought their guns home. They patrolled the fence line. 4,000 blacks were inside. They were bleeding, they were in shock. They didn't know what to do, they had lost everything. They didn't know if even their families were alive. Husbands were split from wives and children. 300 blacks were killed. And their bodies in front of these people loaded up on the back of flatbed trucks. They came in, dug mass graves and dumped all the bodies in there. Surely, surely, the word horror was made for such a day as this, and surely we would teach this in our classrooms. Something happened. Something happened that made sure we not only buried the dead, we buried the truth of Black Wall Street. Well, obviously, we really like the work that uh, brave companies do in innovating in food, um, and we agree, we like the science as well. Jeffy, uh, why don't you just step in here? The, it's issue the science we, that is so important to us. Uh, we don't we don't oh care about gosh. the taste or anything. We no. just it's just the science of it that we make this sacrifice for you. Hmm. Jeffy took two. It's crazy. And uh, today, I will say the the, intri the one thing I do have a problem with at this point, Pat, and this has been a, 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 a problem we've had several times, is uh -huh. that they don't—they're not filling the packages anymore. No. Like we keep getting them like this. What and the I, heck? I don't understand That's, why. Um, uh, my mean, first suspicion would be Jeffy carries them mm -hmm. over here and just eats them on the way. <laughs> uh, but apparently that's not true. But these are red velvet chips ahoy cookies. Oh man, and they're soft batch. Red velvet. Oh, God, so good. red velvet, and then it looks to be white chocolate chips, right? You a hole. Did you eat one of those things already? Now they've oh. both eaten them. Cream oh. cheese chocolate chips. Yes. Oh my! What? I'm a huge wow. fan, by the way. I mean, again, Jeffy's already eaten them, so just give your freaking review because obviously we no, have no I'm, build up to this now. Finished. Well, these aren't bad. Okay, there you go. That's Jeffy. Pat, did you want to chime in? <laughs> I don't understand it. We have several minutes left in this segment. We have nothing else prepared to do here. And now you you did there was no build up. You just jammed them in your mouth the first opportunity. That was really wrong of you, Jeffy. You're <laughs> I, stupid. I'm sorry. 
So one of the biggest keys, I believe, to any red velvet. These are delicious. As you know, I'm a red velvet connoisseur. I know. So I'm, um, I'm excited to hear. And we all were waiting for your. Of course. Because this is really your thing. Right. Because you're such a red velvet fan. The big thing is the cream cheese frosting. Cream cheese frosting mm -hmm. is very important to any red velvet project you're going to get involved in. Uh, you want to make sure it's that creamy. You want to make sure it's not just all sugary, like uh -huh. that buttercream frosting stuff, which is okay in certain cases. But you really need, on, on red velvet, it has to be. That really creamy cream cheese frosting, it's crucial. So a very smart decision by Chips Ahoy, and, and as you know, we're fans. Um, they put the cream cheese uh, chips in there, which I think is a great idea. Uh -huh. um, the smell is freaking delicious. It does really smell I mean, good. I mean, I don't know if you could smell things. It, it, delicious smell is not really a thing. But man, do these smell good. Holy crap. If only there was smell-o-vision television. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that'd be Here, great. Try, try one. Try, just, just, just smell. Just sniff real quick. Just, uh -huh. just sniff it. Just sniff it right there. Take a deep, take a deep, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, how did that smell? Did that smell good? Oh mm -hmm. man, so good. All right, I gotta, I gotta eat one of these before I die. Um, here it is, Red Velvet uh, Chips Ahoy. And I like the so soft batch, by the way. I'm all soft batch on Chips Ahoy. Oh yeah, um, gotta be soft batch. Now the crunchy ones I'll eat, you know, especially with uh, a little bit of um, milk. Thank you, Jeffy. Uh, but, you know, they're not, they're, they're not as good as the soft batch ones. No. Um, so, and they also have these thin ones we should try at some point. Um, my wife for the kids oh, got yeah. uh, the cinnamon ones with, like, white mm. chocolate chip. Mm -hmm. They're awesome. Those I try without you guys. So, you know, I'm what? obviously a hypocrite. Okay, here we go. <laughs> obviously. Mm. <laughs> Was it everything you dreamed? Holy crap. It might be because we're hungry, though. Yeah, it might be. I'm really hungry. I mean, these are really good, and they're going to get a good they number. They are good. Oh, my God. They're going to get a good number with or without milk, but... They might have the highest number because, of yeah. all time. Oh, wait a minute. I think so. We've got some breaking news here. We've got a filling. Yeah. Yeah. They have a cream cheese filling. A cream cheese filling. I, I heard that earlier. Oh, you did? I, I mean, oh. I mean, that's what Pat said. Yeah. I thought you just said that chips were cream cheese. Hmm. Cream cheese filling, too. Hmm. So, well, wait, cream man. cheese chips, I guess... And then the cream cheese filling. Okay, here's what the I was is what really good. Yeah, the, the filling, filling is delicious. It. Okay. <laughs> so what I think is going on here, and I could be wrong on this. What do you think is going on there? What I think is going on is you got cream cheese chips. Okay. But the filling is more Oreo style. Like it's actually more of a frosting, like Oreo cream filling sort of. Is so it? they're tricking you. They're giving, you, so they're well, giving you some filling. What does it say here? Let's cheese. see what it says. If it gives us a, it gives us a clue, mm. uh, cream cheese flavored chips, and then it. I I think I don't think it says anything about the filling. I mean, I. That's weird. Oh. In a situation like this, you try to get, you taste each individual component by itself, because that's how good these are. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't say anything about uh, the filling. Yep. Could be. Oh, we gotta find out mm. if it's not bone dust. Oh, it might be bone dust. What if, it's, what if it's a cream bone dust filling? They're freaking good, I'll tell you that. <laughs> These are. That could be like pig ligaments. I know. You don't, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. It's okay with red velvet. It could be hoof. <laughs> you know? Go ground to up hoof, a break on tongue. Be okay? I got to say. Tongue, tail. All right, I'm going to try one more, just because I'm not certain how much I like these yet. I will say this. Now, we've had a lot of, tasted a lot of products on the show. Yeah. And a few of them have been like Emporium Pies, which are, you know, yeah, you're gonna... specialty shop, like different thing. When it comes to just a bagged product you can buy at the store, this is one of the favorite things I've ever had on the show. I I, I, I agree with that. I will give this a the vaunted 17 out of 18 on our scale. Wow. That never happens. I've never given away a perfect rating, I don't think. A mm -mm. 17 of 18. The only thing I would say is 
They're they're a, a, a tad. They're not quite as moist as they I would should be. I like, know. They're really good and, well, they're, and they're pretty moist. They're just not like the, fully. That could be the chipness or the, the freshness, shipness on the on the shelf, man. Yeah, it could be. It's I, either like, that or mm-hmm. somebody opened these prematurely and right. they've been around a while. Uh, I'm not sure this is a brand new package. Uh, I would be willing to do a separate taste test with a sealed package on these mm-hmm. to see if it gets an 18. Because this is how good I think this is. So you you're giving it a 17. 17. 17. I'm going to give oh. it a 16. I, I mean, without milk, yeah, 15. 15. I, I hate you. 15, 16, 17. These are fantastic. You should go They're really right good. now. They will change your life. If you're depressed, really good. it will cure your depression. Yeah. If you have a disease, it will mm-hmm. cure that disease. A little IBS? Yes. Well, not for you, Jeff. They're just too much. I mean, they're not. It's not, a, it's not magic. It's a cookie. <laughs>